it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome back to my channel. Today we are going to be talking about Kendrick Johnson. This story is one that was recommended to me by a variety of people. Um, it's a little bit of an old one. It happened back in 2013, so about seven years ago. It doesn't really have a clear-cut ending. There are so many things about this case that are still unanswered and there's a variety of opinions and conspiracy theories, so we're gonna go through all of it. In the end, I wanna know what you think. If you think this was an accident or a cold-blooded murder. Leave your opinions in the comments. Just please, all I ask is that you be respectful and kind to one another. If you haven't already, please subscribe to my channel so you don't miss a future video. And without further ado, let's get started. Kendrick Johnson was born October 10th of 1995 in Valdosta, Georgia. At the time of his death, he was 17 years old and a student at Loundis High School. He played three sports, but his favorite was football, and he had dreams of becoming a professional football player. He was described by friends and family as being very sweet and quiet and very likable. Kendrick disappeared on January 10th of 2013. He was last seen in one of the gyms of his high school, but he never showed up to his next class, and he never showed up to the game that he told his mom he was going to that night. The night that he went missing, his mom searched the school, scoured the school, drove around the school, looked up and down within the school, and couldn't find him, so she called the police around 12.30 that night to report him as a missing person. He wasn't found until the next day when students found him within a wrestling mat. So, you know those big, thick wrestling mats <clears throat> and you roll them up when they're not being used? In the corner of this old gym within their school, they had all these wrestling mats stuffed into the corner, right? And apparently some of these students would use them as lockers. I guess you had to pay for your locker at that school, which I have never heard of. I didn't know that was a thing. When I was in high school, we didn't have to pay for our lockers. But regardless, they, were, they would use the wrestling mats as makeshift lockers, and that's where they would store a lot of their stuff. And apparently Kendrick shared a pair of tennis shoes with another student, and that was like their common place where they would, they would put the shoes so they could go change their shoes out in the middle of the day. I don't know, I know, you know, teenage boys are kind of obsessed with their shoes, so I mean, that's not that far. That's not that far-fetched for me to believe, but. Anyway, he was found within one of the wrestling mats. He was upside down and his feet with his socks on were kind of sticking out the end of one of the mats. So the students pulled the mat down and laid it down, as you can see in this picture, 
and all you could see were his feet with his socks. And then there was allegedly another shoe down towards his head, like towards the bottom of the mat. So the original theory was that he was reaching down in the middle of the mat to try and retrieve one of his shoes and that he got stuck and ultimately died from positional asphyxia or suffocation. The sheriff's department was very quick to rule this out as just an accident and determine that there was no foul play involved. In fact, they had the autopsy and results finished within 24 hours, which is really fast. But one thing I did think was odd was that they didn't call the coroner until six hours after Kendrick's body was found. And according to the law, you are supposed to call the coroner immediately upon finding a dead body. So the fact that they didn't call until six hours later was something that gave Kendrick's parents a pause into thinking, this isn't right. None of this is adding up. It was odd enough that he was found upside down in a wrestling mat. And then once they started finding out all these other things, which we're gonna talk about, they slowly but surely believed this was no accident. So not only was the coroner not called until six hours later, but the scene itself had been tampered with. The mats had been touched by their students. He was unrolled from the mat. I guess they even tried to pull him out of the mat before they actually unrolled the mat. So this is like tampering a ton of potential evidence. Um, gloves were not worn at the scene. Little covers on their shoes were not worn at the scene. They didn't tape the scene off. So a lot of potential evidence had been tampered with and cross-contaminated, making it difficult to investigate it properly. Near Kendrick's body were a few of his items, like some school books, a pair of orange and black tennis shoes, and none of these items were ever taken as evidence. And there were small traces of blood on a wall nearby, but they determined that the blood was old blood and likely not having anything to do with this case. So I feel like in past shows that I've watched when they talk to forensic investigators, the common theme is that investigators treat every death, especially an unusual type of death, whether it's accidental or not, they treat it like a crime scene until they're proven otherwise. So they have to be incredibly careful and mindful of what they're dealing with. And it just seems like in this case, they were so quick to say, oh, this is just an accident. However, it's not every day you find a kid upside down stuffed into a wrestling mat dead. So Kendrick's parents had an independent autopsy done for a second time to further investigate Kendrick's death. The results from this autopsy suggested that he was killed from blunt force trauma to his neck. There was an abrasion found on the side of his neck. It was about an inch long, but it revealed that Kendrick suffered hemorrhaging in his neck that would have resulted in his death. So this autopsy suggests that he was killed elsewhere and then placed inside of the mat. And this next part is a little hard, for me to talk about. As I was reading it, I was just finding it so hard to believe and I'm sure maybe it's true. If you have experience in funeral homes, you can confirm or deny these theories, but just a heads up, it is a little graphic. After they performed this second autopsy, it was also found that after Kendrick's body passed through the GBI and the funeral home, they allegedly stuffed his body with old newspaper because his organs were missing. So once Kendrick's parents heard this, they probed the funeral home, where are his organs? And they said that the GBI discarded of his organs because they were just kind of destroyed and that the funeral home upon receiving his body had to fill this void within his cavity and they used old newspapers to do so. The funeral home says that this is a common practice, that they will often use things like newspaper, cotton balls, even sawdust to fill bodies. When they're embalming, 
Uh, I just had a really hard time reading that because I've never heard of that. I had no idea. But of course, Kendrick's parents were horrified by this. So they filed a lawsuit against the funeral home. And upon a subsequent investigation, the Georgia Secretary of State's office determined that the funeral home did not use, quote, best practice and that other material would have been more suitable than newspaper. And I don't know if this is worth noting or not. I'll let you be the judge of this. But allegedly, that funeral home did either do this for free or they did it at a very discounted price because of what the Johnson family was going through. So they kind of did this, they like offered their services to the family. So nonetheless, the investigation cleared the funeral home of any wrongdoing. The Johnson family filed a lawsuit against the funeral home for monetary damages. However, that case was later dismissed. The Johnson family also hoped for a coroner's inquest, which would begin the process of reclassifying the manner of Kendrick's death from accidental to non-accidental. However, that request was also denied. So I just feel horrible for Kendrick's family at this point. Not, a, not only have they lost their son in a horrific way, but then they're having to go through one thing after another, retrieving his body, going through this second autopsy, finding that he's been stuffed with newspapers. Like, it's just one thing after another, and I can't even imagine their grief. So I want you to keep this in mind whenever I talk about the, the next few things that the Johnson family did. I know that they were just desperate for some sort of resolution or justice to the loss of their son. It was so unexpected, and they're looking for answers or some, some kind of closure. So please just keep this in mind. Allow them some grace, because I know that the next few things I'm gonna talk about might seem a little upsetting or just unusual, but just keep in mind that you never know how you're going to react until something like this happens to you, right? So in 2014, Kendrick's parents filed another lawsuit. This was a wrongful death suit against the school and the school's officials, alleging that Kendrick had been harassed by a fellow student, which went neglected by the school's officials, resulting in his untimely death. And shortly after that, Ebony Magazine ran a story on this case. And in their description of the story, they described two brothers who whose father was in the FBI and they never named their name, but the description closely resembled that of Brandon and Brian Bell. Brandon and Brian Bell's father was an FBI agent at the time, and it was suggested that those boys had a conflict with Kendrick regarding a similar love interest, and that when they killed Kendrick, their father, being in the FBI, helped them cover it up. The boys maintained that they had a friendship with Kendrick, that they had nothing to do with his death, they maintained their innocence, and they still do to this day. But the Bell family actually went after Ebony Magazine, suing them for defamation of character because that, that article strongly insinuated that they were to blame for Kendrick's death. Then Kendrick's family filed another lawsuit, naming 38 people. This lawsuit included three students, the school, the local crime lab, state and federal officials, five agents of the GBI, the FBI, and more. They were seeking $100 million in this lawsuit, but even Kendrick's father said they had no heart no hard evidence to back up these theories, so the case was later dropped. So after all of these lawsuits, Hendrick's parents were eventually sued for more than $850,000 in attorney fees and over $1 million in defamation charges. And the judge ultimately ordered them to pay over $300,000 in attorney fees to those that they had accused with no evidence. 
so not only did Kendrick's family's lawsuits all get dismissed or dropped, but then they ultimately get sued and forced to pay hundreds of thousand dollars in fees. And I'm not here to say whether that's right or wrong. I understand that if Brian and Brandon really did have nothing to do with this, they racked up a ton of fees trying to fight for their innocence. So I understand that. I just, I just feel bad for these grieving parents who didn't know what else to do with their grief. So let's move on to some of the questions and conspiracy theories regarding this case. So first of all, Kendrick was about 5'10". These mats were about six feet tall. When they were rolled up, the hole in the center of this mat was about 14 inches wide. However, the width of Kendrick's shoulders were 19 inches wide. So that begs the question, how was he shoved into this mat then? Or how would he accidentally fall and make it all the way down? The theory was that maybe he scrunched his shoulders up to fit through. But Kendrick's dad tested this theory on a mat of his own, as you can see in this picture, and he debunked it because he was barely able to get past his shoulders. He only made it to his shoulders, like to the end of his neck. Also, the first theory was that Kendrick was trying to retrieve a shoe at the bottom of the mat. However, when they found his body, his hands were behind his back with his palms up. Once they unrolled him and they, remind you, they had pulled him, trying to pull him out of the mat. So once they unrolled it, one of his arms was above him, but it's hard to say if that happened from them pulling on him or if that really was like his arm stretched out to retrieve the shoe. The only pictures I was able to find were of his feet sticking out one end of the mat and not the other side of the mat. Oh. I will say I'm pretty shocked at how accessible the images are of Kendrick after he passed. There appears to be way more pictures of him after he passed than there are of when he was alive. So just fair warning. I know sometimes, you know, people hear crime stories and they Google information for themselves or they do research for themselves or want to look at pictures of the crime scene to get an idea of what it looked like. I'm not going to share those pictures here. I will never share pictures of dead bodies on these videos, but I will say they are incredibly graphic. So if you do look them up yourself, just forewarning you, they are some of the most graphic ones that I've seen and I've seen a lot. One of the initial questions I had when I started learning about this case was why didn't he just push the mat over to get his shoe? If the shoe was at the bottom of the mat, why not just tip the mat over, grab the shoe, tip it back up and be done, right? But the explanation for that is that this mat was like shoved into the corner with a ton of mats around it. So it wasn't like you could tip it over. You really did have to move all the other ones out of the way to be able to access that mat. So in case you had that same question, that is why. So a lot of people grew frustrated with Kendrick's parents after filing all of the after filing all of these lawsuits and they assumed that they were just after money and they were kind of questioning their credibility. And one of the things that, you know, didn't really work in their favor was the fact that when they were trying to gain attention for Kendrick's case, they were making posters and flyers. And one of the pictures that they used was of Kendrick after they had performed an autopsy. So there were pictures taken before the autopsy and pictures taken after, and he does look very different. The thing is, the pictures of when he was found, his face is incredibly bloated because yes, he was upside down. So all the blood was rushing to his face. And the pictures after looks like he's got his face just like bashed in. So the thing is though, you could have garnered a lot of attention regardless of which photo you used. So, you know, when people wanna make that argument, fine, but 
it looks bad regardless. The pictures of him after he passed, he also has like an abrasion above his eye, which would suggest that maybe he had been punched in the eye. But again, his face was so swollen that, you know, it's hard to tell what is from gravity or what was from receiving a beating. So another question is where's the surveillance? These schools are loaded with cameras. Where is the surveillance footage? So CNN actually reached out and was able to gather this, the surveillance footage from that day. However, it offered very little answers because shortly after Kendrick entered the gym, the cameras turned off or that footage is just missing. The cameras that faced the mats were very unfocused and often skipped around. And all you could see in the footage was Kendrick entering the gym, jogging around a little bit, and that's it. You don't ever see him leave the gym. You don't see him go over towards the mats, nothing. So there is a total of four cameras within the gym. Two of those cameras were missing about an hour of time, and then two of the other cameras were missing about two hours of time. And of course, this span of time is when Kendrick allegedly goes down in the mat. But here's the thing, footage from outside the gym shows students entering and exiting the gym for that entire span of time that the cameras in the gym weren't working. So if Kendrick had fallen into the mat, how did no one hear him screaming or yelling for help? One thing though that surveillance footage did confirm is that Brian Bell was located by surveillance footage in another area of the school and Brandon Bell was actually on his way to a wrestling tournament in Macon. So these are the facts as we know it. Obviously this case is surrounded by a lot of suspicion and confusion, unanswered questions. It does seem just so unusual that he fell into this mat and that that's how he died. I have a hard time wrapping my head around that. However, I've seen other weird cases like Kanika Jenkins, which I am going to be covering soon, possibly in my next video. But if you haven't heard of that case, she's the girl that um, a couple years ago was wandering around a hotel and was eventually found deceased in the hotel freezer in one of their kitchens. It was a very bizarre case and a lot of suspicion surrounds that one too. So stay tuned for that one. But um, I don't know, I just, I have a hard time believing this. Another thing that the investigation pointed out was that when they found one of his shoes that was at the bottom of the mat, there was blood and vomit at the bottom of the mat, but, and it was below the shoe, but there was no blood or vomit on the shoe. So that further kind of confirms or raises suspicions that his body was placed there and that it was made to look like maybe he was reaching after a shoe. I don't know. I don't like accusing people without a ton of proof. So I do have a hard time believing that Brian and Brandon Bell had anything to do with this. I also feel bad for their family because Brian was, was a star football player who received a scholarship to play for Florida and they eventually withdrew that scholarship because of everything surrounding this case and his alleged involvement in the case. And if he really had nothing to do with it, then that really sucks that that was just torn away from him. And let me just put some emphasis on the word if if he had nothing to do with it, then yes, that sucks. But everyone's innocent until proven guilty, so I'm not here to say if he's guilty or not. I do just feel for the Johnson family. I know that Kendrick's life was cut way too short. He had so much potential as an athlete and as a student and friend and son. I feel horrible for his family. I cannot imagine losing a child. I can't. So. I am in no place to say that the way they reacted was right or wrong. I am just delivering to you the way the story unfolded. So I want you to tell me what you think. Do you think that this was just a freak accident or do you think that there is more to this story? And if so, what motive would someone have to kill him?
but let me know your thoughts in the comments. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to my channel so you don't miss the next video. Next week, I am going to be covering Kanika Jenkins and Haley Cummings. So stay tuned for those stories and I will see you next time. Thanks for watching.